Peyton Barber signs with the Redskins. Robbie Anderson signs with the Panthers. Let's talk about it. The Fantasy Football Briefing is a daily football podcast delivering you news, opinions, and analysis from a fantasy football perspective. This is the Fantasy Football Briefing. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, John Maselli, here with my co-host, Jason Spencer. Jason, how you doing today? Good. Good. All right. Um, we are continuing along these NFL free agency uh, trend, and we are talking about some of the latest free agent signings. Obviously, the signings are um, not as major as they were at the start of free agency when a lot of the big-name free agents were signing, but actually, there are quite a few big names left on the market. Not all of them are fantasy relevant like um, guys on the defensive side of the ball such as Jadavion Clowney um, a couple other guys that are going to probably sign here in the next few weeks Cam entered the free agency market today he did yes and so obviously when he signs somewhere we'll talk about it especially if we think he's going to be a starting quarterback I can't imagine he's going to sign anywhere um, as a backup whereas maybe some of these other remaining free agents that even were starting previously like James Winston may sign somewhere to be a backup um, Jameis does not have a backup arm, but we'll see. He might end up being a backup. Yeah, I mean, I think he... He has backup decision-making. I'll give him that. <laughs> I, I mean, I, it, looks, it looks likely that he's... I mean, there's just not a lot of opportunities left for him to sign somewhere as a starter, but but we'll see. Yeah. Um, once that happens, we'll definitely break it down for you and talk about what we think, and I think that would be a big big signing if he were to go somewhere that he had the potential to play um, early on. But so two of the signings today were... Um, are the ones we're going to talk about. So let's start with Peyton Barber. Jason, let me hear what you think about him from a fantasy football perspective. I'd say last year he was sort of a guy you would consider one week and then he would play terribly the next week and you'd worry about Ronald Jones starting and then you'd worry, you know, there was always some sort of concern with him. I think some weeks he was a decent play, especially if he felt like he was going to get the bulk of the carries. But, um, or at least when you started the week, you felt like he was a decent play. But what do you think about this move? He signs with Washington. Um, what do you think it means for his fantasy value? Uh, so I, I don't think he has much value at all. I think Geis is the starter there. But I will say, if you're playing in a 12-14 to 14 man league and you have Darius Geis, I wouldn't have an issue with you using a roster spot for Peyton Barber. But that's about where his fantasy value will end is as a, a deep league handcuff. Um, I don't think he's that good a player. I don't think that's a very good team. Not, It's already a team where the starting running back doesn't have too much fantasy value because it's just not a team that runs the ball well, or at least hasn't historically. So um, I do think the one takeaway from the Barber move that I've been kind of looking at is Ronald Jones because as of right now, he basically is that back backfield. I know they have um, Agumbawale who might have some usage in the passing game, but I think... Unless they bring in someone in the draft, I think it's going to be Ronald Jones' backfield. And I think any backfield um, where Tom Brady's the quarterback, I think you're going to see a lot of uh, dump downs, a lot of receptions. He he showed promise in the running game, averaging 4.1 last year, yards per carry. So I think that Rojo, I think there's a real chance that he's this is going to be his breakout season. Um, his third year in the league, he had very little chance in the first year. And then Peyton Barber was just a big enough thorn in his side where that team didn't run the ball enough in the first place to maintain a run. If there's a running back by committee, which there was, it just he was not a startable player every week. So I think if he's the starter and he's the guy, I, I really like Rojo. Yeah, I, I like him as well. I'm, I'm sure I'll have more opportunities to talk about him, but I'm going to also... Uh, piggyback off 
your uh, discussion of Peyton Barber. I'm also not very high on him. I, I took a look at some of his stats. He has gotten worse since 2017. He averaged 3.9 yards per attempt in 2017, 3.7 in 2018, which is the year he had 234 rushing attempts. Um, in 2019, he averaged uh, really low, 3.1 yards per attempt. Um, he had two hundred. He had 152 fantasy points in 2018 when he had 234 attempts, which is pretty poor. And if you fully doubled his fantasy relevant statistics from 2019, he would have put up 221 points, which would have been good for only 14th in fantasy football last year in a PPR league, um, which obviously that's an insane thing to do anyway. But if you fully doubled his stats, he still wouldn't have um, been that good. Um, and he, he ranked for all running backs that had over 100 yards or 100 attempts. He ranked uh, dead last in DYAR and DVOA, which is um, these, those are adjusted rushing stats to look at how well a running back does compared to, you know, the mean or the average player or some replacement player is really what it is. So he averaged dead last amongst in, in those categories and he was far, far behind everybody else. So, um, I am, you know, needless to say, I'm not very high on him. Even if he were to get an opportunity, I wouldn't be high on him. Um, I don't think people were very high on Redskins running backs last year either. Um, although I do really like Darius Geis. He averaged 5.8 yards per attempt, and this is obviously if he can stay healthy next year. Um, I think he's going to be a pretty good fantasy play. He averaged 5.8 yards per attempt um, in the games he played, and from weeks 11 to 14, he averaged uh, a little under 13 fantasy points per game. Meanwhile, his snap count was below 50% in all of those games. The um, Each week, I'll just list him off. He, he had 29% of the carries, 43%, 30%, and 14% of the carries carries not not carries um snaps so he was not on the field uh, all that much if we can see that bump up a little bit I think we'll see a lot more usage um from guys this year and I think he'll have a really strong fantasy year so um with that though let's move on to talk about Robbie Anderson what do you think about Robbie this year sure so he was one of those guys that was kind of taking a while to sign weren't sure where, where it was going to end up he ended up in Carolina and honestly my initial response was just it's another wide receiver to watch Christian McCaffrey run the ball a ton of times and to block for him, but I don't think it's a good move for his fantasy value. I think he's a player who relied on big plays. He's a kind of a boomer bust type guy. Um, he's not had great years. He had 700 something yards the past two years. He had a really good year the year before that with 900, but even then it was only 64 catches. So he's not a guy who, who's a high volume guy, even on a team where he was with Jameson Crowder, like the main two targets. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't think he has value. I think it does, if anything, kind of hurt the value of the other two receivers on that offense and DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. I think DJ Moore was a player who I would have been really high on if it were just him and Curtis, but I think that Robbie Anderson, they're paying enough money that he's going to warrant some targets, and that's mm-hmm. going to just take away from DJ Moore. Uh, I still like DJ Moore, but not as much as I would have without Robbie Anderson. And also with Teddy Bridgewater... Being the quarterback in Carolina, I I don't think he can maintain that many fantasy-relevant pass catchers, especially with the work we see from Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I think the same thing about uh, Teddy. I'm just not sure that he's going to be able to uh, sustain three fantasy-relevant wide receivers. Um, I do have some concerns about DJ Moore, but I think he's the best option still in that offense. It's just similar to what you said. 
Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not high on Robbie either. It's a little unfortunate. He's still only 26 years old. So in dynasty leagues, I think he takes a, uh, you know, a significant drop from being somebody that you would consider starting in the flex, especially in deeper dynasty leagues to somebody who's probably not going to be very good for fantasy this year. And just as a note, he did finish outside the top 35 the last two years in uh, PPR. Um, in 2017, that was his really good year. He finished, uh, right under 20th. Um, so, you know, I mean, he's never been a fantastic option, but I think he's been just good enough to where you would consider playing him in PPR leagues. Um, especially if you, you know, needed a solid guy off the bench, um, on a bye week or something like that. And I think now, uh, he becomes less relevant. Uh, I do think that this, um, has, is a good thing for Jameson Crowder, uh, I took a look last year from week six to six, week 16, which is when Sam Darnold was playing. Um, he ranked 18th in PPR leagues amongst fantasy uh, wide receivers. So, you know, I think that indicates that, um, so that's, you know, with Robbie Anderson there, but I think now he has more opportunities. We'll see obviously what the Jets do in the draft, but, um, and maybe they'll still sign somebody. I actually said, I think they might still sign Brashad Perriman, but we'll see. Um, and so, you know, I think, I think that that means that Jamison Crowder should be trending up as a fantasy option uh, next year, especially with the Jets putting a lot of resources into building uh, a wall in front of Sam Darnold to help protect him better next season. So if he has more time in the pocket and they're able to be a little bit more creative with him than they were last year, you know, that could signal some good things for Jamison Crowder this year. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think Robbie Anderson's Fantasy relevance pretty much stops at this point at daily fantasy. I think that's basically, you'd look at him there because he does have the chance to break out for 120 and two touchdowns. And if he does that, I mean, he would be a, a league winner in daily, but he's just not consistent enough and doesn't get enough targets to warrant um, season-long consideration. Yeah, good point, good point. All right, well, I think, um, you know, we wanted to mention too, you know, besides those two, that uh, there's conversations about Tyler Eifert potentially signing with Jacksonville, which is something that we'll keep our eye on and also break down for you if that actually does come to fruition. And there obviously are still some uh, fantasy relevant wide receivers, I think, on the block. There's some quarterbacks, like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, and then maybe a running back or two that we would discuss if they were to get signed. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Uh, and with that, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you again tomorrow.